Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. God is real and God is here. I said God is real and God is here. Hallelujah. Well, please let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for gathering us together around your word. Thank you for bringing us, giving us the opportunity and the privilege to hear your word. We pray that let the heavens be open upon us and as we get into your word, Holy Spirit, you being the Magister Veritatis, the only one who can teach the truth. We pray that guide us into the truth, open, enlighten the eyes of our understanding that we may behold wondrous things in this your word. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. It says that, um, Who now rejoice? Okay, I think it's better I start from 23 to make a bit of sense in the context. If we continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope that, huh, that the, from the hope of the gospel. So you can be born again, but if you are not, if you are done work to be grounded and settled in the faith, you can be moved away from the hope of the from the hope of the gospel. So there's when you hear the true gospel, it brings hope to you. And uh, but if you do not focus, uh, if you do not follow what we are supposed to follow, if you do not get grounded, the word says grounded in the faith you will be moved away from the hope of the gospel. The gospel is the, is the hope for our nation. The gospel is the hope for living. The gospel, our hope is not of, in the gospel is not only hinged here in the physical realm, but also in the spiritual realm. Not only in the here and now, but also in the thereafter. All right. So we, when we Christians and those who are in Christ, who have received the gospel, and believed the gospel, we, we have an advantage on earth. It says that godliness is profitable. First Timothy chapter 4, it says that from 7 and 8, it says, godly, verse 8, godliness is profitable both in the life that now is and of that which is to come. So there are two types of life. Life that now is, which many people, that's all they know, and that's all they live for. But there is a life that now that is to come, which we have to live because the one that now is is very short, but the one that is to come is very long. And what the life that now is is preparation for the life that now is, the, the life that is to come. There are people, many people live their lives for just the life that now is. Now, you, you shouldn't be a Christian and live your life for the la, just for the life that now is. So if you live your life just for the life that now is, everything you do is built around or is based on what is in it for me now. What am I seeing now in my physical life, in my, 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 my physical existence that is all. Uh, so what God, 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 what are you doing for me now, now, now? What are you doing for me now, 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 now? You, you can't be a Christian and just live your life on, based on the life that now is. Plan your life around the life now that now is. You have, we have to plan. We have to live effectively. But there is also a life that is to come. And it's only Christians who look forward to, it's called the blessed hope. Titus chapter 2 verse 13. It's called the blessed hope. Hallelujah. The hope that is in heaven. Looking for the, ah, my, my goodness. Hallelujah. I feel like jumping. Looking for that blessed hope. The glorious, hey, and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, the, the glorious 
appearing. He says the glory is going to appear not in a manger this time. He's not going to come for Herod to look for him to kill me, him. So they'll take him to Egypt to hide him. No, this time he's coming in glory. He's coming in power. He's not coming to pay for sins. According to Hebrews, I think Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. Hebrews 9, 28. It talks about how this time he's not coming to die for sins. So Christ was once offered for, was, uh, to bear sins, the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So this time he's not coming to deal with sin or die for our sins. He's coming to judge. He's coming to manifest the full salvation in the, in the Lord Jesus. It's called the blessed hope. The blessed hope. The blessed hope. The blessed hope. Now, if you are not careful, the problems in your marriage, the problems in your health, the problems with your education, the problems with your family, the problems in society, the problems that, uh, that beset you can discourage you so much that you get moved away, not grounded in the faith, but moved away from the hope of the gospel. Hallelujah. That is why Paul said, Paul said, for me to live uh, is Christ, to die is gain. Philippians 1.21. Paul said, if it's only in this world, we have hope in Christ Jesus. We are of all men most miserable. First Corinthians chapter uh, 15, verse 17 to 19. If only in this world we have hope. Our hope is not only based on our material possession. Yes, Bible says that godliness is profitable for the life that now is. And so there is a certain level of hope for material things or for physical living, for physical progress, for physical success, physical breakthrough. I believe God is real and God is here. No man can do these things except God be with him. If God is with you, even in your physical living, some things will show. It will be manifesting. But listen, brothers and sisters, our hope, all our hope is not just hinged on the manifestation of physical progress or physical, nice physical things, which are good. It's still part of the package. But the greater portion of our hope, the hope of the gospel, the hope of the gospel, it is, it is the glorious appearing of our Lord, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, hallelujah, is called the blessed hope. So Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, talks about how uh, it says that if you continue in the faith, I pray that coronavirus lockdown will not make you discontinue in the faith. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled. Sister, get yourself settled in church. Brother, get yourself settled in church. Stop floating around like a balloon. It's like a balloon without a rope. Helium balloon floating around. Get grounded in the church. Stop behaving like a church tourist. Stop behaving like a church butterfly. Flying from nectar to nectar. I feel like preaching to some good Christian brother. Hallelujah. Stop that and get yourself grounded and settled. In Psalm 92, verse 13, it says that they that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Get planted. Shall flourish in the cause of our God. Get planted. Get planted. Get planted and stop the noise and roaming. Get planted. If you are given to roaming, you like roaming, just stay in Romans. It will do the job for you. Read Romans. It will do the job for you. That's a joke. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, it says that, I like, I like this one, 23, for if we continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope, that is uh, the, the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under, under heaven. Whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Now, this is very important. He said, I'm made a minister based on this glorious gospel. The gospel that was preached, that brings hope, that brings faith. See? So we people can be grounded and settled, established in the faith, so they don't move away from the hope of the gospel. So when every, watch, this is very important, every true, true gospel which is preached offers hope. Yeah. The gospel 
Um, I'm about to make a very important statement. Please don't miss this. When the gospel, or let me put it this way, when the true word of God, when the teachings that accord with the teachings of Christ, when the teachings that accord with godliness, when wholesome ways are preached, when the gospel is preached, the outcome is already predetermined. It's already predetermined. There's not much we can add to it. God has already predetermined what is supposed to happen when the true gospel is preached and people receive it. One of the cardinal things that are supposed to happen is the gospel offers hope. It offers hope. I know you said oh, you've been so down of late. Get yourself some gospel. I'm not talking about gospel music, please. I'm talking about get yourself some true word of God. It's, the Bible calls it the word of truth. Get yourself some word of God. Expose, oh, preachers, sometimes I don't, long, I don't like long preaching. Really? But you like downness, being down, being depressed, being frustrated. Which one is better? I mean, people go to the hospital. They, I don't think a lot of people like the hospital anyway. But you go and sometimes you can stay long in the hospital. Sometimes you don't even know when you will leave hospital. Your doctors have to tell you when you are going to go. You want to go, but they say, no, you are not well enough to go. That will not be your story in the name of Jesus Christ. But the point I'm making is that sometimes it's good to expose yourself to some good gospel that will generate what, the, what God has predetermined to be the natural outcome of the preached word. When the word of God is preached, one of the predetermined, natural, automatic, by default, outcome of true word of God preached it, is that it offers hope. It offers deliverance. It offers salvation. Ha, I feel like preaching. The gospel offers salvation. It offers hope. It offers deliverance. It, off, it brings in the hand of God in a person's life. Now, it says that um, I was, I've been made a minister of such a gospel. Very important. I, don't, I did not make myself a minister of the gospel. I was made a minister of the gospel. I cannot choose to be a distributor of your product without your permission. I can't come and say, no, you have to make me the sole distributor or the main distributor. No, it's your choice. To, so I don't choose that. I am I'm the one to minister the gospel. It's heaven that chooses who ministers the gospel. And so every minister of the gospel is appointed not by man, but by God. It's appointed, in fact, Hebrews puts it in a very beautiful way that every high priest is appointed from amongst men by God. It's from amongst men. So no one, Hebrews chapter, I think, 5 verse 4, no one takes this honor upon himself except the one whom God has chosen, like Aaron. You don't take this honor yourself. You don't get up and say, it's, it's me. You, except God has chosen five no, no, no one takes this honor, verse 4, please. No one takes this honor, verse 4. No man takes this honor unto himself, but, that, but he that is called of God. You don't get up and say, I'm, I'm, that from today I'm a minister of God, the, 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 the gospel. No. So Paul said here, I have been made a minister. And then who, verse 24, so this is to all 23, just, 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 just to... Uh, um, enjoy the word, enjoy the word. Verse 24 says that who, who now rejoice, Paul, so who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. So I fill up that which is behind the, the afflictions. In other simple, in simple words, the sufferings that was not completed. Okay, there's, 
Christ suffered, but he left some. Some have been left. I keep explaining it. Some has been left. And he says that I fill up that suffering. I also now, is, I'm now coming to com continue the suffering. So when you are a minister, there's suffering for Christ that awaits every minister. <laughs> there's suffering for Christ. There's suffering for Christ that awaits every genuine minister of Christ. So he said, I fill up in my flesh, in my flesh, that is my body, in my physical living, the afflictions that are behind, or I fill up that, I, I fill up, um, I fill up that which is behind the, of, of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for the body's sake. So he said, I suffer all these things, but I rejoice in my suffering. It doesn't bother me at all. So long as I am building the church, I am doing the work, the church work, it doesn't bother me. He said, actually, I rejoice in it. I celebrate the fact that I've been given the opportunity and privilege to be a bona fide uh, builder of the house of God. Now, look at the next verse. So this is all what Paul is saying. There he said, whereof I am made a minister, this is important, brothers and sisters, I'm made a minister concerning this. Therefore, what I'm talking about, I've been made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me to fulfill the word of God. That word dispensation, the Greek word translated dispensation is oikonomia. Oikonomia. In some other translations use the administration. Other translations, use, in fact, in some places it's translated fellowship. In some places it's translated stewardship. So sometimes you will see stewardship or you will see administration or you will see dispensation. They are all stemming from the one word or economia, which means economy or it also means stewardship. What's stewardship? Stewardship is having in my possession, that which belongs to another to be served to others. So you give me, you, I'm on the plane, and then the air stewardess comes. She brings me the meal, which is not for her, but the meal is for me, but it was given to her to serve it to me. So a steward is someone who has in your possession what belongs to another meant to be served through you to someone else. So, so a steward. Now, what is, so Paul says that the stewardship, according to the New King James, where I have made a minister, according to the stewardship from God, what is he supposed to have in his possession and pass on to others? That's where I'm going, brothers and sisters. The minister of God, the minister of the gospel, must have something that he is supposed to be passing on to others, which doesn't necessarily belong to him, but it belongs to God. But he is like a mediator. He is like a channel. He is like a conduit to transmit and to transport or to transfer what God wants his people, some people, to receive. Now, he said, I have been made a minister, according to stewardship, is there now? How about dispensation? Which all sometimes different translations. One translation use dispensation, like we just read, dispensation of God. What's that meaning? When you go to a dispensary, dispensary they dispense medication. So the doctor give the doctor gives you prescription. You go to dispensary in the hospital, and then you go they dispense. So dispensary is a place where things are dispensed. What's dispensed? To give out, to give out. So you see, uh, almost like stewardship. Anyone who works in the dispensary is almost like a steward that is dispensing something that doesn't belong to them. So dispense. So that's why we use the word dispensation. Dispensation is to dispense, to dispense. So God, this is what God does. God dispenses Himself. His plan his program through ministers into his body, into his people, or into humanity. So we, God is the one who is doing the dispensation, and we are the dispensers. So God is the actual one, or uh, we are stewards. So we are, we, we are custodians of the stewardship of God. Another word for it is uh, the, what, what I said earlier on. Uh, so it's either stewardship, it's either dispensation, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's either um, according to 
uh, I think the NIV, let's look at how the NIV, what word NIV uses. The NIV uses, um, uh, 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 um, I have become its servant by the commission God gave me. Commission, so it's a, a commission. God has given me a commission, uh, like an assignment. Okay, God gives me an assignment to fulfill. So the dispensation of God, the economy of God. So we have the dispensation of God. We have the, um, the stewardship of God. And then we, we, we also have God, the, the, the um, uh, administration. That's very important. One word, yeah, that's the one I was thinking. I suppose the New American Standard Version or somewhere. You use the word administration. So administration is the administer, okay, to add, add, uh, administ administration, and then dispensation is to dispense, stewardship is to give. So it's the same word translated different ways, usually different, which actually boils down to the same thing. Now, why am I saying all these things? When you look at the text again, I'm trying to draw your attention to something. When you look at the text again, Paul said, I've been made, uh, let's go to the New King James. Paul said, I have been made a minister. I became I be, uh, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship of God, which was given to me, you see that, for you. Because it's stewardship given to me for you. What was the purpose? To fulfill the word of God. The original Greek word translated fulfill is accomplish. So it, this was given to me to accomplish the word of God. Accomplish or to complete the, the original Greek word also means to complete, fulfill, accomplish. Sorry, it's not complete, it's complete rather. So fulfill or complete the word of God. That means that, listen to this brothers and sisters, that means that the word of God is not really complete. I'm talking about a Christian message, you understand? The core message of Christianity, the word of God is not completed. The message is not completed in the absence of certain core elements. So it doesn't matter what we are preaching, you know? If we leave some things out, the word is not complete. The preaching is not full. A, a, a man of God's teaching, let's say I am called to teach uh, uh, on, I'm trying to, uh, um, <laughs> I'm being careful with what illustration I give. <laughs> I'm, called to, okay, I'm called to teach on marriage. And that's my main assignment, teaching marriage teaching marriage and preaching from the word of God is still not complete. If certain elements, it doesn't mean like one message must contain everything, but in a, a pastor's preaching, in a teacher's, a minister's ministration and his ministry, you must find the core competence of Christianity. The Christian message must not be missing in spite of our emphasis. So my emphasis can be marriage, my emphasis can be wealth, my emphasis can be prosperity, my emphasis can be deliverance, my emphasis can be uh, uh, church growth, my emphasis can be uh, uh, discipline, my emphasis can be leadership. All those things are very good and important and they, are all, they all come together to make the picture complete. But every minister loses the authenticity from above and uh, or endorsement from above on his message. If certain elements, core element of the Christian message gets missing with time or gets buried or eclipsed with time. I hope I'm communicating something to somebody. And so I want you to understand, Paul is saying that I've been made a minister to complete the word of God. And then watch this, watch this, watch this, verse 26, we are going to 27. Hallelujah! He yeah. said to complete the word of God, then he drops a big word, bam, mystery. The mystery. Somebody say the mystery. The mystery. He said the mystery. Now, look at me. This is very important. This tells me the word of God is not, doesn't just contain stories. Mm -hmm. There are wonderful stories in the Bible. And when you read the Bible, you should be able to get, sometimes if you're a movie maker, you can get some wonderful lines. Yeah. If you, if you go to um, Second Samuel, David and Bathsheba is a very wonderful, <laughs> wonderful story for me, movie making. 
<laughs> Abraham and Sarah and Abimelech. I mean, there are so many of them. It's a different, different story. Jacob and Laban, Jacob and Rachel, Jacob and Leah, Joseph and Potiphar's wife. I mean, so many of them, you see. So they, they are quite a, a lot of wonder. David and Goliath, the favorite one, uh, uh, Samson and the lion. You know, there are all kinds of that. How about Yuna in the belly of the whale? I mean, that's a wonderful thing. And so, when you read our scriptures, you will find so many different stories. The story of Christ, his birth, the nativity, okay? His, his death, his crucifixion, multiplying bread, feeding thousands. All those things are phenomenal stories, unrivaled. Some of them are miracles. The way the, uh, the Jews, the, the Israelites left Egypt by the leadership of Moses. I mean, these are amazing stuff. Amazing stories. But watch this. The Bible is not just for storytelling. Even though you can get wonderful stories from it. The Bible is not just there are people who read the Bible for encouragement. Someone said, normally when I'm done, I just go to the Psalms. <laughs> I read the Psalms or Isaiah from chapter 40 onwards. I, I, read, I read it for encouragement. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. But that's not the primary. If, if you go to the Bible for that, okay. But don't go to it all for just that. Anytime go to the Bible, just that. No, then you are missing something. The, the Bible contains more than that. The core of the Bible is more than that. It's more, it's, listen, it's more than the stories. It's, 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 it's more than the encouragement. It's more than wisdom. When you read Songs of Solomon, amazing, a lot of wisdom. A lot of wisdom, wise things, understanding. When you, not only the songs of Solomon, uh, no Proverbs, not only Ecclesiastes, even Psalms, throughout the scriptures, you can learn so much principles of life, principle, principles of success, principles of businesses, growing businesses, principles of good marriage. Good, so you do, some people are not born again, but they get principles of good marriage from the Bible. Yes. So you can be married if you don't pick on the principles of the good you can born again, don't piece principles of good marriage or family relationship from the text, from the Bible. You might be born again, but still lack or you'll be denied the, that, that benefit that come when you apply those principles. And so people, there are so many principles. We don't only go to the Bible for, for, for the stories, for encouragement, for the wisdom it offers or for its principles. And brothers and sisters, Bible is also for doctrine. But we don't, the Bible is not just for doctrine. It doesn't only contain doctrine. You need the Bible to get your doctrine. But it doesn't only contain doctrine. But one of the things that many, many Christians have not realized the Bible contains, it contains the mystery. It contains the mystery, the core of Christianity. It contains the mystery. Pastor, no, yes. Now, so tell us, what is this mystery then? And that's why we are here. Because without the understanding and knowing what the mystery of the scriptures is, your, the Christian message is not complete. The Christian message is not complete without coming to grips or understanding or enlightenment about the mystery of the, of, of the gospel. The mystery of the Bible. He said to complete the word of God, the mystery is the mystery of the ages. Hallelujah! The mystery which has been hidden from ages, Kadabashaya, and from generation. Moses and Abraham, they had a glimpse, but they didn't just get it. Because it's been hidden. It's been hidden from the ages. From, it says that which has been the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations. But now, but now, but now, but now, but now is made manifest to his saints. It's been hidden. <coughs> Excuse me. It's been hidden. The mist, that's why it remains mystery. Now, now, watch this. I'm about to say something. How can somebody assume they understand mystery? Um, and then more so, once, uh, when a mystery has been hidden, hidden, okay, okay a mystery is something that is no review, no man, no mind, normal mind cannot grasp it. It's a mystery, hidden. And it doesn't, it's not just hidden, but you know where it's, where it's hidden. Romans chapter 
um, 16, verse 25 and 26. It makes, it makes mention of the mystery. In First Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3, we'll go to that. But look at Romans chapter 5, 12, 15, 16, verse 25. Says, now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel the pre and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation, see, according to the revelation of the mystery, kept secret since the world began. Now, when Paul was read, that's why Paul said, I can't die. I have to be alive to complete and to fulfill the gospel, to fulfill the word of God, to, to complete the word of God. I am here to complete the word of God because without this aspect, things will still remain hidden. You will only be reading songs of Solomon and be enjoying his stories and wise sayings and uh, so, uh, so, sorry, uh, the, the Proverbs of Solomon, enjoy his uh, Ecclesiastes from Solomon, enjoy his wise sayings and nice stories and songs of Solomon and, uh, and admiring the romantic story, but will not understand and will not grasp the real deal behind it because the word of God is not only the mystery, but it's also, uh, sorry, it's not only the stories, it's not only the, the, the words, it also contains a mystery. And we, the believers, have been given the codes to be able to access the mystery. The mystery of ages. It's called the mystery of the ages. And guess what? So don't blame people when they castigate the word of God. When they attack the word of God. All this thing is rubbish. Why? Their eyes are blind. They, can't, they don't get a mystery. They don't get a mystery. Uh, when people tell you the Bible contradicts itself, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know but why. You can understand why they should talk like that. Because they are completely blind and ignorant. Com completely ignorant. Oh, yeah, but I'm, gonna, I'm a senior, serious academic. I study religious texts. And yeah, because you are, you are comparing the scripture to, the, to other religious texts. When you compare it to other religious texts, you, you would handle it like other religious texts. But boy, this one contains food for the soul. Oh, my goodness. It's religious texts don't feed. This one feeds. You can eat it and be fool. He said, man must not live by bread alone. Kadabash. But by every word, every word, really, I dare put to you, no religious food feed, feeds the human spirit. And that is why if you're a Christian and you don't read your Bible, you will be backsliding. You will can be in church, busy serving and busy acting. You can even be preaching. There are preachers who don't feed on God's word. And so when they open their mouth, it's empty words. It doesn't come from a fed spirit. He said, what do you, what, uh, I mean, you, what can you give which you don't have? You, okay, let me put it this way. Um, you, you ask chapter, chapter 6, uh, chapter, chapter 3, verse 6. Don't put it on the screen. He said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. That's such as I have. Uh, for us, every minister must have this such as I have. And it's not ideas. It's not opinions. It's not just not raw theology. It's not raw theology. It's insight. Insight balanced, uh, built on balanced theology. Orthodox theology. Healthy theology. Healthy teachings. Sound words. Wisdom. Insight. Understanding. The mystery gets an open up to you. And you begin to communicate it. He said, but now has been revealed to the saints, not to the world. It's been hidden from the, from the ages. It's been hidden, but now has been revealed to... God doesn't reveal himself to unbelievers. He doesn't try to prove to unbelievers why he's doing what he's doing. No. When we come to him, then he gives us the privilege of getting to know him, getting to know his word, understanding his word systematically, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. Hallelujah. And so he says this mystery was... Um, um, Romans again, verse 25, chapter 16, it says that um, according to the revelation of the mystery, kept secret since the world began. Watch this, verse 26. Since the world began, but now made manifest. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it's now made manifest, but it's not available for everybody. And by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandments 
of the everlasting God for the obedience of faith. So that's why when I, as I teach, the ultimate is for you to see Christ and walk in obedience of faith so that you'll be grounded and rooted and not be swept off the faith and lose the hope of the gospel. If you expose yourself to sound preaching, there's no way you will go down in faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God that the ones who are sent preach out. So, when, brother, I know you are saying that nowadays you actually feel so down, you don't even know whether you should really do all this church thing, Christianity thing, you are not sure. Uh, it's a just clear sign that your spirit has been stuffed for so long. Now, you can't even, you know when a person is stuffed so long, it's like you can't see anything. You go, hey, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> a lot of people, coronavirus, hello, hello. You're busy covering your mouth and covering your nose. Very, very important, please, just do it. Keep doing it. Wearing face masks. And uh, you have also, you have, you, have, you have tied clean film around, around your spirit. And you can't breathe at all. Your spirit is also screaming, can't breathe, can't breathe, can't breathe, can't breathe. And you don't realize it because you've dissociated yourself from fellowship and from church and you think that the church needs you. Sorry, the church doesn't need you. You need the church so you can have some fellowship with the Father and the Son. Is that because our fellowship, the fellowship of the church is with the Father and the Son. If you join, you also connect yourself with the Father and the Son. But much more, your spirit must be fed with the Word of God. And the Word of God is not just for stories, for principles, for wisdom, for directions of life and all that, which you can benefit from, but chiefly is for feeding and for Ex, uh, uh, the, the revelation of the mystery of the ages. It has been hit. It has been hit. Look at F Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3, 4, 5, and verse 9. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3. How? Okay, I think we should go to verse 2 because you see that word I mentioned earlier on, the Ecodomia uh, uh, administration dispensation. She has appeared here again. If indeed you have heard of the dispensation, that same word, the dispensation, the, the stewardship, okay, the administration. It's all that, the, oh, uh, the, uh, yes, that, that's NIV, administration. You see that? The administration, how to get things administered. The administration, what do, that's why I keep saying that if you're a pastor, when you open your mouth, you should be dispensing grace. Yeah, because we are dispensers of grace. The dispense, okay, let's go back to it. It says that uh, the administration or the dispensation, the, the, uh, yeah, the, the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. So it's like when you are ministering, as you minister the core, the core of the gospel, as you minister what the gospel is about, you are actually dispensing, you are actually distributing, you are actually passing on the grace. This is beautiful that Christ comes into us as a Christian, Christ comes into you, he grows in you, and then he spreads himself to others through you. When he gets into them, he grows in them, spreads himself from that those others to others grows in them. That is what is called the Christian church, the growth of the church. The growth of the church is the spreading of Christ. Spreading of Christ in the hearts of people. So, back to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 2. If you are heard of grace, I'll give it for, for you. Verse 3, for you. How that by revelation... He made known to me the mystery, as I have written briefly, I have, I have, I have uh, briefly written already. So he said, God made known to me the mystery. Which is this mystery? Listen, the people of old never got to know what this whole thing is about. Because the word of God, is, that is why when people tell you the word of God is just the Old Testament, what the Jews had, what the Christian, they don't know what they're talking about. Because the word of God is not complete. The mystery of God is not complete. It's not complete without the, the New Testament. And the New Testament epistle was written to explain the Old Testament, was written so that we, the Old Testament can make sense. The, the, the mystery hidden in the Old Testament gets revealed in the New Testament. And so he says that the revelation 
of this mystery was given to me. When you read the verse 4, it says that, by which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. This is about the mystery of Christ. Now, go to the next verse and then I'll, I'll go back and try and run up. Which in other, the same thing, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. And so there's so much that was hidden from Abraham, hidden from Jacob, hidden from Isaac, hidden from Daniel, hidden from Moses, hidden from Hosea, hidden from Jeremiah, hidden from Isaiah, hidden from Elijah, hidden from Elisha, hidden from Noah, hidden from Nahum, hidden from all these great men of God because it was hidden. Look at verse 9. It was that this mystery was hidden. It had to take after the post cross teachings to now begin to reveal says that and to make all men see that's Paul's manifesto his purpose of his assignment he said to make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery another word for uh, dispensation economia same word economia dispensation uh, uh, um, disp uh, dispensation administration fellowship fellowship one dispensation you see what I'm saying administration all right. So to make all men know what is the what uh, what is the fellowship of this mystery, which from the beginning of ages has been hid where in God, who created all things. God created everything and hid something in, in Himself. And now, watch this. What has been hidden in God throughout all the ages has now been revealed because Christ has died, and the the full gospel can now be birthed. This is important. This the full gospel now. We have to find out what this mystery is. That's where I'm going. We have to find out what this mystery so that if you are preaching, pastor, without bringing to bear this mystery, the gospel is not complete. The word of God is not completed because it contains the mystery which can be revealed to the saints. So when they were complaining about the Bible, we are actually enjoying the revelations of God in the Bible. Because to them it's hidden. It's hidden. God hid it from men, the sons of men. Back to Colossians chapter 1. So in Colossians chapter 1 verse 26, the Bible clearly tells us, the scriptures say, even the mystery which has been hid from, from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints, watch this, to whom God will make known what is the riches? Uh-uh. What is the riches of the glory of this mystery amongst the Gentiles? Huh? Which is Christ in you, Shahaya, the hope of glory. Now let's let's unpack this in a quick way. To whom God would make known, okay, what is the riches and the glory of this? Mystery amongst the Gentiles. Ah, 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 pause, pause, pause. Mystery amongst the Gentiles. This whole thing, I told you about how God picked Abraham and formed a people, his own special people from Abraham. And they, he called them my people. And they were called the Jews. Every other group of people outside the Jews are Gentiles. And they don't have dealings with God. And so Jews were not even supposed to mingle with Gentiles. You were not supposed to go to a Gentile's house. You were not supposed to have a Gentile as friend because they are not the people of God. You are not supposed to marry a Gentile. So Jews and Gentiles, that is why he said, I am not, uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And what did he say? To the Jews, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and what? To the Greek. Greek was standing for the Gentile. Okay? So, Bible talks about we Gentiles now have also been brought in. Watch this. This is very important. The Gentiles have also been brought. People, we were not the people of God. Who is a Gentile? In fact, Jews, one of the Depictions of a Gentile among Jews, okay, of, of a Gentile among Jews is a saw or a hog or a pig or a swine. The same thing. A swine. A pig. Let me say a pig so that people can get it quickly. 
a pig. So Jews see, watch this, watch this, brothers and sisters. Jews see Gentiles as pigs. And pigs were, were not in, the, in, the, in those days, uh, according to Jewish law, pigs were not animals to entertain. They are called unclean animals. Pigs and dogs. Hello? Pigs and dogs were classified as unclean animals. Leviticus chapter 11, verse 27 and verse 7. Leviticus chapter 11, verse 12. Let's see. Verse 27. It talks, it says that and whoever goes upon his paws, oh sorry, whatsoever goes upon his paws amongst all manner of beasts, that goes on all four, those are unclean unto you. Whoso touches their carcass shall be unclean even uh, uh, until the, uh, uh, it shall be unclean until the evening. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says that, And the swine, <laughs> though he divide the hoof and be cloven-footed, yet he cheweth not the cat, he is unclean to you. The swine. And Jews used, referred to Gentiles as pigs and dogs. That's why Jesus in Matthew 15 said, I cannot take the children's bread and give it to dogs. Gentiles, you are outsider. You are outsider. He says that, it says that he says that it's not good meat for me to take the children's bread and cast it to dog. Revelation 22, 15. He said, but outside are the dogs. Outside are the dogs. Outside are the dogs. In, in, in Matthew chapter 6, sorry, chapter 7, verse 6, Jesus said, don't cast your pearl, your pearl, don't give holy things to dogs. Neither cast your pearl before what? Before what? Swines and dogs. Gentiles were classified and seen as swines and dogs. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19, 20, 21, and even 22. Look at verse 19. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. Verse 20. For if, they, uh, for if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus, see how you escape pollution from the world? You got to know Jesus to escape it. To the knowledge of uh, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they again, if after you have done that, escape, you again get yourself entangled in the things that you have escaped from. So during lockdown, you can go back and get yourself entangled and you are overcome. He said your latter end is worse. You used to smoke. One pack a day. Now you are smoking five a day. <laughs> you used to drink uh, three, uh, one bottle a day. Now you are doing five after you backslid. Five. Five. You used to run all kinds of things. You used to watch four, three, three hours every evening of unhealthy stuff. Now you have gone to six hours, seven hours. You see, after you backslided, he said, the latter state is worse than the beginning. <laughs> your latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Before you became born again, you used to insult church people. You used to say, oh, all these pastors are thieves. Oh, they, they, they. But you became born again and you really realized that uh, this is what you needed. You were being pastored and lockdown came. You started backsliding. Now you are out of church. You are not even as insulting pastors. Now you are actually attacking churches. <laughs> your, your latter stage is worse. has become worse. Hallelujah. Lord have mercy. So, verse 21, 2 Peter chapter 2. Is someone receiving something? 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Verse 22. This is the way I'm coming from. As it's, uh, but as it has, uh, for, but it is, Happen unto them according to the true proverb. A, oh, do you see that? A dog is, is turned to his own vomit again. And the saw, the saw, the saw is pig, swine, swine. 
Well, I think the New Living Translation is something like that. Okay, New Living Translation. And another says, a washed pig returns to the man. Pig, so it's pig. So did you see the two animals here? Dogs and pigs. Dogs and pigs. Oh, why did he say that? Watch this. I'm about to throw something here again. As a washed pig has gone back. So that means originally it was a pig. Originally it was a pig, but now washed. But the good news is, we who were classified as pigs, we who were classified as dogs, when Jesus comes into our lives, we are not just, we are not washed pigs, but we, guess what? That's the mystery here. God can pick a swine. God can pick a pig and make that pig, watch this, God's people. Make that, he said, make them God. Listen, the Jews were the people of God. Now, we Gentiles are also God's people. But guess what? Not just God's people. We, what was our state? We were lost. In Ephesians chapter 2, I think verse 11, 12, 13, it says that we were without hope in this world, without God, out of the commonwealth of Israel. Um, uh, some character. It says that, that ye, at that time you were without Christ, being alien from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. When you read verse 1, verse 1, yeah, verse 1 and verse 2, you and you, uh, I see quicken, who were dead, what were we? We were dead in trespasses and sin, verse 2. Look at verse 2, it's getting even serious. Wherein in time past, we walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, and by nature, and by nature, the next verse please, uh, amongst whom we also we also had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and, in, uh, uh, and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. We were alienated from the, uh, from the life of God, the commonwealth of, of God. We, we, we were without God. And now, this pig with this condition, do you know what has happened? In Christ, once we come into Christ, we are not washed pigs. No, 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 we are not washed pigs. We are saved, saved sinners who, who are now the people of God, but not just the people of God. The good news is Jews, the Jews were just the people of God, but we are not just the people of God. We are the sons of God. Hallelujah. We are the sons of God. We are the sons of God. And not just sons. Do you know what? Not just sons, but we are joint heirs. Whatever Christ is heir to, we are also joint with Christ. We are joint partners, joint partakers. We are the heirs of God. We are the joint heirs with Christ, joint partners with Christ. Brothers and sisters, I thought that would have been enough. No, no, he said it's not enough. We are the precious stone. We are, we are the holy temple of God. We are the holy temple of God, the holy habitation of God. And guess what? I thought that would be enough. No, it is not enough. We are the priest of God. Is that not enough? No. We are the kings of God. He has made us kings. He has made us priests. He has made us sons. He has made us heirs. He has made us the body of Christ. He has made us himself on this earth. That's what we are. And that is what the glory of the gospel. Watch this. So in Colossians, I feel like preaching. Let me take my time. Let me take it easy. In, so in Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, when he mentioned the mystery in 26, it says, the mystery which has been hid from ages from from ages and from generation but now is made manifest to the to his saints watch this go to the next to whom god will make known the riches of the glory of this mystery amongst where amongst where the gentiles this is mystery among the mystery of god is that pigs once once upon a time pigs are now priests <laughs> sinners are now sons hey hey it is on the basis of this that every promise of the scripture can be applied to the Son of God. It's on the basis of this. And so this is the mystery. The mystery of the ages is that God, once upon, one, one day, God himself is going to stoop down and pick from amongst the pigs. Some, choose them, wash them, and make them, give them his nature. We are not just priests and kings, but we are partakers of the divine nature. Partakers. Hallelujah. 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 We are partakers of the divine nature. That's the mystery. That's the mystery of the ages. And it's the core message of the gospel. 
that God can pick human beings, ordinary human beings, and put himself into them, download himself into them, and make them sons of God, and make them priests of God, and make, make them partakers of the divine nature. Aye! That when, when and make us even higher than angels, by virtue of our status, seated with Christ Jesus, in heavenly places, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. See that in Christ Jesus, he's made us priests and kings, partakers, and he has called us unto his eternal glory in Christ Jesus. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10. He has called us unto his eternal glory. Listen, this is an amazing thing. And when you are a believer and you know who you are, you know your status. You don't let life situations disturb you. You don't let life situations destabilize you. Because the truth is that you are the seed of God. You are the you are royalty. You are the priest of God. You walk, you walk in confidence. You are walking in victory. Jesus, it says, God is with you. It says, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor powers, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Our Lord. Christ Jesus, our Lord. He died for us. And once we are in him, we are in God. Once we are in him, we are different. When we, once we are in him, we are a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The old is gone. Behold, all things, all things, not some things, all things have become new. And then he moves us all together. He brings us all, brings us all together. Listen, he brings us all together in a very mysterious way. Mysterious way. So you are listening to me in Japan. You are listening to me in India. But you are born again, you are Christian. You are listening to me in Nigeria. You are born again, you are Christian. You are listening to me in Saudi Arabia. You are born again, you are Christian. You are listening to me in Scotland. You are born again and Christian. In, in, in Russia, born again and Christian. Alaska, born again and Christian. Uh, 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 Singapore, born again and, and a Christian. Mexico, born again uh, and a Christian. In Jamaica, born again and a Christian. Guess what? We are all listening and born again. We are far apart from each other, but the Good news is we are one. We are one and we are one body. It's a mystery. Together with Paul and Peter and John and James and Bartholomew and Mary and, and Esther and Dorcas and, and all these great people of God who have passed and died. They've gone ahead of us. Guess what? They are still part of us. We are all one body. We are all together one body. It's called the mystery of the ages. What is the mystery of the ages? The mystery of Christ, which the mystery of God, which is Christ in Great is the mystery of godliness. Kadababa. Second, first Timothy chapter, chapter 3, verse, verse 16. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Hey, great is the, without contrary, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. It's a mystery. And Christ is the mystery of God. The, the church is the mystery of Christ. When you look at the church, the church is a mystery because you look at this former fornicator, this former former thief, this former liar, this former unforgiving person, this former murderer. If you look at this former pig, this former dog, and today is a king. Today is a priest. Is it not amazing? This is amazing. This is fantastic news. And this is the core of the gospel that God will take himself and mingle himself with fallen humanity and gather us to us all together and form one body on earth and the head of the body is in heaven. The Christian message, the actual Christian message is Christ in you. Verse 27, Christ in you, which is Christ in you, which is Christ in you, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when you talk about the actual mystery in the Bible, it's about the mystery of Christ and about the mystery of church. The church is very, very mysterious. The church, you can't, you can't just say, oh, all church, oh, churches, all oh, church. Listen, a very complex thing. Angels look into it with amazement. How God can, holy God can take himself and mix himself with sinful man. Save us first. Save us for, justify us. 
We were, we were criminals, but now justified. That's why David said, blessed is he whose sins are covered, whose sins are forgiven. Because David knows what it means to, be for, to receive forgiveness of sins. David, when David is telling, I'm talking about Romans chapter 4, verse 7. When David says, blessed is he, saying, from verse 6, you see it's David who was talking. So people close say, Pastor, you're saying, as, even as David also described the blessedness of the man whom God imputed, not that's in, imputes, like when you go uh, account, you put input, put input, make an input. God hasn't made input. So blessed is the man who God has made input of righteousness. You haven't worked, but God has given you righteousness. So it's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. And then the verse 7, verse 7, verse 7 says that, saying, blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven. Whose sins are covered? What? Can people's sins be covered? But Bible says that the guilty will never go unpunished. But here, there are people whose sins are covered. How? Because Christ died and did paid for the penalty of their sins. That is why David enjoyed the forgiveness of sin before Christ was born. David enjoyed it. He enjoyed it on credit. They started using credit card long ago by David. David was using a spiritual credit card for the forgiveness and wiping of his sins. And later on, Christ came to clear the debt of <laughs> Hallelujah! Yeah. That is the mystery of the gospel. And Paul puts it beautifully. He said, I'm talking, uh, he said, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I'm speaking concerning Christ and the church. I close my Bible. The gospel is not complete if we don't let people understand that God, holy God, took sinful man unto himself and made him priest and king. And that's our status. And that should be the first and foremost thing that should drive our worship, drive our relationships, drive our sacrifices, drive our faith and our hope. Everything we do in Christianity, this is, should never be eclipsed. I, if it is eclipsed, any pastor who preaches and eclipses this significant aspect has compromised the gospel and is not preaching the full gospel, is not completing the word of God, and is not preaching the fulfillment and the completion, completed word of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory, that the Gentiles will also receive forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Karis Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.